This is a special episode of B-Sides since it's the first installment of Money Talks, a multi-episode guide on personal finance that Business World is producing in partnership with Metro Bank. Today we're going to hear from Ruben El Zamora, Metro Bank's first vice president and head of the Institutional Investors Coverage Division. Mr. Zamora will talk about making your money work for you. Over the pandemic, a lot of you have been participating in the stock market for the first time, maybe even dipping your toes into cryptocurrency as well. Mr. Zamora speaks with Santiago J. Arnaiz, a Business World contributor and chief operations officer of health startup Day3 Innovations, about starting your financial journey. While it's impossible to overlook the many ills brought about by the ongoing pandemic, the Securities and Exchange Commission recently highlighted one silver lining which is that more Filipinos have begun to look to investing. Now, this is a pretty big question to kick off with, but what's your take on the pandemic and the opportunities Filipinos might find in it? The pandemic has changed everything, how we work, how we study, how we spend time with family, friends, how we eat, even how we practice our faith, really everything. But the SEC is right. One silver lining is how Filipinos began thinking about the future, planning a bit more, uh, looking for ways to make their savings work a bit harder for them. And some of the numbers, they're really kind of astonishing. In terms of local retail investor activity, local retail investors accounted for almost 50% of all trading so far this year. That's almost double What we saw last year was around 27%. And before the pandemic, the proportion of local retail investors of total turnover in the stock market was uh, 18%. So we got this massive, almost tripling of local retail participation in the stock market. So clearly, you know, the extended lockdowns we've experienced gave people more time to trade and invest in the stock market and really think about planning for the future, which is good. The government also saw this for their bonds. And really, even before the pandemic, uh, they kind of started tapping retail investor. They started really issuing these, uh, what they call retail treasury bonds or RTBs. The minimum investment requirement is only 5,000 pesos. Uh, And that was really successful. I mean, they did that before the pandemic and the government raises funding through issuing these types of debt securities. But what they came up with during the pandemic is uh, something called a premio bond. And that only needed 500 pesos minimum investment. This was quite successful. They raised about 6.6 billion pesos. And then this year, the BTR started offering something for the public that had U.S. dollars in their savings, what they call retail dollar bonds. And the minimum investment there is only $300. So this pandemic really allowed the market to grow and allowed the retail investor to increase their awareness and access to not just the stock market, but also fixed income or uh, the bond market. A lot of this is really due to the fast response of our local asset managers, our our local trust companies, including Metrobank's own trust banking group and our brokerage arm, 
first metro security. This whole industry, they recognize this growing demand for access to uh, the capital markets and really started offering affordable, really exciting investment products such as unit investment trust funds or UITFs with small amounts. So our local asset managers and trust companies, they made these products and funds available online. So you didn't need to go line up in our branches anymore. It was very easy and convenient to get started. This is really healthy. This is really something that we would welcome for our local capital markets. And the reason is that with the base of local investors broadening out, more local investors participating, it means that we're not as reliant as we used to be on foreign investors, on foreign capital flows, because foreign capital flows, they can get pretty hot or pretty cold very quickly. And we've seen that really during this crisis uh, where foreigners exited both the stock market and the fixed income market. Well, it's comforting to see local asset managers and trust companies so on the ball with recognizing these opportunities to not only help our countrymen survive the pandemic, but set them up for financial growth well beyond it. Now, I wanted to highlight something you said earlier, the phrase, putting your money to work. For those unfamiliar with the concept, could you explain what you mean by that? Putting your money to work is really about making your savings do a bit more work and really kind of build uh, and accumulate wealth through investing and getting a bit more of a return on your savings. We all make a living through our jobs. As you put aside some of your hard-earned salary, Ideally, you'd want to put it somewhere safe, first of all, but also somewhere which gives something back. So really, the only way to generate better returns is by considering, by looking and studying investments. Cash is an asset. A stock is an asset. A fixed income security or bond is an asset. Even commodities, real estate cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, you know, gold, those are all kind of what we call asset classes. What's important to keep in mind is that not all of these investments are the same. For anyone out there thinking about investments, or even if you're an experienced investment, the rule of thumb here that you have to continue thinking about and being aware of is that the higher the return that you expect from your investment, the greater the risk you take. The higher the return expected, the greater the risk. As an investor, especially if you're just starting out, you need to study the many choices of investments of risk assets, what we call, uh, which are now available in our local market. And most important, new investor needs to understand how much risk you're comfortable taking. What is your risk appetite? We do consider here in Metro Bank, we look at investing as a lifelong journey. If you look at uh, the road ahead, there's hills and valleys. And again, for us, we're financial advisors in Metro Bank. It's our role to really help you navigate that journey and see less valleys and more hills in a sense. If we're looking at investing as a lifelong journey, then what are the best investment options for those taking their first steps, the neophytes or the beginners? For beginners, I think the best investment to start with are the safest investments. So if you kind of maybe picture a ladder, maybe call it a risk ladder, you want to kind of start with a more stable, more safe footing for a beginner. And if you really kind of want to follow 
that analogy of a risk ladder, your safest options really is probably a time deposit in a strong, reputable, well-capitalized bank, basically a bank that you trust and you know, and where you probably keep your savings. Otherwise, you wouldn't be keeping your savings there. So the time deposit really is just you put your money that you probably won't use and you can park for a while, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, one year, and you get a bit more return on your savings that way. And again, it's important that it's not something that it's not cash that you need on demand uh, in case something comes up. So it's something that you kind of park. But there are minimum uh, sizes involved in these time deposits, but it's a bit easier because your bank where you keep your savings, you kind of, they know you, you know them. Uh, so there's a bit of built-in trust both ways. I mentioned this earlier. You should also probably consider government securities like the premium bonds, or even if you have 5,000 pesos, a retail treasury bond. Why? Uh, because the issuer, the risk that you're taking is the Philippine government. So that's the body who will owe you what you put in. So you're buying, you're giving, you're lending your savings investment to the Republic of the Philippines. Those bonds are considered quote unquote risk-free because it's very, very unlikely the Philippine government will not pay you back. Those are probably the two safest starting points for a beginner investor. Uh, but if you want to get a bit more in terms of yield of returns, you pretty much have to kind of move up the risk ladder, if you may. And that would involve adding exposure to the stock market. I would probably start also with the Philippine stock market as a beginner investor. You kind of know uh, who Ayala Land is, and hopefully you know who Metro Bank is. So these are names that you yourself experience and therefore understand it a lot better. Stay close to home first, get your feet wet, and really understand how the markets behave and how the stock prices of these companies you know, behave. I wouldn't advise picking individual stocks right off the bat. Well, you might be happy and comfortable with Globe or Smart via PLDT shares. It's probably more prudent to the beginner investor to invest in the entire index. You capture that by investing in what's called an index tracker fund. An index tracker fund is a fund which mirrors the performance of this Philippine Composite Index. The uh, Philippine Composite Index is a basket of the top 30 largest companies in the country. So you really have kind of a mix of different types of businesses in there. And hopefully you get to kind of understand how a bit of banks here, a bit of telecom operators there, uh, property companies, uh, really those are the biggest components of the Philippine Composite Index. So by getting involved in financial markets and individual stocks and individual corporate bonds, broadly speaking, you should uh, see higher returns over the long term. But again, don't get too far ahead of uh, yourself. Don't buy or get into anything you don't really understand. That's a, an old adage that really applies in investing. Well, and I suppose it's an adage for good reason. Now, circling back to our first question, why Filipinos seem to be flocking now to investing. I suppose the goal here is to build a portfolio that's resilient, to future-proof their wealth through investments. In your expert opinion, how exactly does one go about doing that? 
resilient portfolio, investment portfolio, the way we look at it, it should be a mix of stocks. It should be a mix of bonds and some cash in there. So it's this portfolio of different types of assets. We in Metrobank, we kind of look at this very actively, how we, what we call asset allocation uh, strategies that we would recommend to our clients. Diversifying, simply put, is to diversify out, spread out the overall risk of your portfolio by not putting all your eggs in one basket. So for example, if you have a stock in your investment portfolio that does well only when the economy is doing good, but then when it does poorly, well, then the performance of your portfolio, if that's the only stock in your investment portfolio, will really be determined by how the economy does or what the outlook is of the economy. But if you add another stock that does okay, whether the economy is good or bad, you know, like a mobile telecom company, then you kind of see where the performance can be a bit steadier, not as subjected to the swings of the economy. And so you have this mix of kind of what we call cyclical stocks. The second part of your question on future proofing your wealth through investments, I took it to mean protecting against inflation. Because inflation erodes your purchasing power, the value of your money. So future-proofing, it's hedging, I guess, against inflation. An investment portfolio made up of a mix of selected stocks, bonds, even commodities, even property uh, or exposure to property. You can get that, obviously, from the stock market by buying Ayala Land or the Real Estate Investment Trust of Ayala Group. That asset mix as opposed to cash would be a good way of future-proofing or hedging against rising inflation. Because if you just kind of hold on to cash, the value of that cash, of that 100 pesos, you won't be able to buy as much this time next year because of rising inflation or high inflation. This is actually the environment we're in now. We're seeing a lot of very high commodity prices and food prices because of supply constraints globally. It's actually a good time to consider starting an investment portfolio. On the topic of future-proofing, I'm curious what industry experts like yourself think of the recent rise of Filipinos investing in cryptocurrencies and earning crypto through NFT or blockchain-based games. Digging a little deeper, we find that Filipinos are actually among the earliest adopters of these highly volatile, let's say, instruments. What are your thoughts on that? For me, cryptocurrency, crypto games, too many unknowns. And so, as I said, I stick to the principle of investing in only things that I understand. And if I don't understand it well enough, I, I need to do more homework before I commit. But I do get why cryptocurrency. I do get why Bitcoin. We are already seeing Bitcoin as an acceptable medium of exchange, particularly in the developed markets and more advanced economies. Obviously, because as more transactions move online, there are virtual worlds out there. I do think that this is going to be just more common uh, over time. If you're going to buy it and invest in it, you need to understand the kind of risk involved in getting into something like this. We've seen how over the last, what, 12 months, we've seen the big swings in the price of Bitcoin. We've seen it lose value very sharply, 20 plus percent in a few days. And you really need to have the stomach to kind of weather through that. And I do think that what the big swings in the price of Bitcoin 
kind of indicates is the, the market is still struggling to find uh, what is the inherent value of it. And I'm extremely wary of where the information is asymmetric. Bitcoin tends to be subject to a lot of speculation and, and maybe even manipulation, especially since there's no clear regulation around it until such time that we kind of understand the regulatory environment for that asset and really to address that asymmetric information. You just don't want to take too much risk, particularly if you're a beginner investor. That last point of asymmetric information really does highlight the core issue around cryptocurrencies. And it's the reason the first and last rule among crypto enthusiasts seems to be only invest what you're willing to lose, sometimes overnight. Uh, on that note, what do you recommend for investors who maybe can't afford to lose money like that? Those who don't have much income to work with? Those who are just starting out, you don't need a big pot of money anymore to start the investing journey. There's so many investment options for you to choose from. If I've mentioned the premium bonds, I've mentioned retail treasury bond or retail dollar bonds, um, but you can get into all forms of trust funds or UITFs. As I said, Metrobank has this plethora of choices. And some of these unit investment trust funds, UITFs, they give you different types of exposure to different markets and really only requires a small amount to start. So if, again, if you want a little bit more return and you've done your homework, you feel like you can tolerate, accept a bit more risk with your investments, you know, maybe, as I said, start with an index tracker fund on the whole market that you know, uh, but move up a bit higher from there and start taking a look at some of the other, what you call juicier parts of the market uh, and even going offshore. And I'll use MetroBank's Aspire feeder fund. The starting amount is 1,000 pesos. And the minimum amount to auto-invest monthly is only 500 pesos. So it's really accessible and it allows you to kind of build up your portfolio, your exposure. It's a good way to kind of get somebody started because it's almost like for savings, you know, 500 pesos a month that you set aside, then you don't kind of think about it as much and look at it a few years down the line and hopefully get strong yield over the long term. What is good with looking at UITFs as a beginner investor is that these are professionally managed funds. Professionally managed funds means the investment and market experts are the ones deciding what to do with the money in that fund, where to invest it, why invest it, when to buy, when to sell. Uh, so it kind of removes that burden on you uh, and you're letting market experts, investment experts figure that out for you. This is important because financial markets are very complex. It's very dynamic. And we know this because it really is a 24-7 world. And it's not just what happens in the Philippines that matters. <laughs> Everything in, in global financial markets affects each other. So as much as possible, you'd want experienced fund managers and maybe trusted advisors as well who can help you understand what's really going on in, with your investments, with your portfolio. You want them by your side. Uh, and again, you can get that even with low starting amounts through some of the feeder funds and UITFs out there. Investing more money up front can potentially yield more earnings down the line. That's pretty straightforward. But in terms of strategy and where exactly I should be putting my money, 
Should my approach to investing change based on how much I'm willing to put in? Say if I had 10,000 pesos to invest versus if I had 100,000. The size of your funds doesn't matter as much as what those funds are really for. It really all depends. If the 1,000 or 10,000 pesos, they're all disposable income, meaning you won't need that money, you can park it and you can put it to work uh, and invest it. Ultimately, for you to make your money work, you need to commit it longer term. You can't be putting something to work and then expecting a quick return out of it. You need to kind of build that over time and look at investments over a longer term horizon. So longer term, we kind of look at as being around five years or so. Whether it's you know 10,000 to start with, again, we have so many options out there for you, but it is really more defined not by the amount but by what that money is really for. Ruben, we talked a lot about the mindset investors should learn to adopt early on, the do's of investing. Perhaps as a final question, let's take a look at the don'ts. What are the most common mistakes neophyte investors make? And what lessons might we find there? Even experienced investors make these, the same mistake over and over again. But one that comes to mind, uh, following the herd, you know, without really fully understanding why you're following what everyone else is doing. It's mostly because of emotion. It's this fear of missing out. And that happens very often in financial markets and investments. There's no sure thing in investments, especially the high risk, high reward stuff. You know, this whole kind of herd mentality, something like this, you might very well be the last person holding the short end of the straw. So you just need to be careful with that. You know, other common pitfalls uh, include trying to time the market, you know, which means buying at the lowest possible price and then selling at the highest possible price. No one can do that. You know, falling in love with a stock or falling in love with a company because they came up with uh, you know the hottest you know new app or new game that you've convinced yourself everyone can't live with. You may not be the first person to heard about this, and therefore a lot of this good news or all of this good news in that gaming company came up with this. All of the good news may already be in the price, uh, quote unquote. So those are um, common, I guess, pitfalls to watch out for. But bottom line is we're all humans. We're ruled by our emotions. But investing needs strong discipline and good old-fashioned homework. As a friend of mine told me many years ago, uh, decisions based on emotions almost always turns out bad. So I think... You know, maybe that applied to something else uh, many years ago, but I truly believe this applies to to investing uh, as well. And that concludes this episode of B-Side and the first installment of Money Talks, a multi-episode guide on personal finance that Business World is producing in partnership with Metrobank. A few takeaways from Ruben L. Zamora, Metrobank's first vice president and head of the Institutional Investors Coverage Division. Investing is not a rich man's game. Remember that there are so many options for you to choose from, some of them requiring just 500 pesos to get in. But you've got to do your homework and figure out what your risk appetite is, because the bigger the reward, the bigger the risk that you take on. But regardless of what that risk appetite is, your participation matters, because the more of us that invest, the better off the market will be. This B-side episode was recorded remotely on October 13. The interview was done by Santiago J. Arnaiz, Business World Contributor and Chief Operating Officer of health startup Day3 Innovations, with research by Special Features writer J.B. Beltran. 
This episode was edited and mixed by Paolo L. Lopez. This is Sam L. Marcelo. Thanks for listening.